Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dan Wiederer. You've got a guy with, with credentials. You've got a guy with some qualifications. And now there's just when done at its best provides a level of steadiness and stability that helps create and stimulate success. On-air contributor for 670 to score. Listen, we're not going to accept the status quo. We are going to push for more. We are going to strive for more. Co-host of the Take the North podcast with our own David Haw. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Dan Wiederer with Mullane Haw on 670 to score. Bear down. Let's go. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline is renowned beat writer, celebrated uh, historical achievement man, Dan Wiederer. Download the Circa Sports app today. Congratulations, Dan, APSC. That is good stuff. Congrats, Dan. Thank you, guys. Uh, You guys mean a lot to me as teammates, and I appreciate you. Saying that. Well, we love it. That's great stuff, and it, and it's well-earned. And um, I guess now we get to uh, how you you built up your reputation, talking about the Bears, talking about being an indie. And, I mean, let's be honest. This is the lead story on all broadcasts, the fact that they apparently are willing to trade their starting quarterback, and they plan on drafting one with the first overall pick, at least – that was the take that everyone came away with from the combine yesterday. Yeah, Molly, this is such a, a fun week every year, but it's so much different this year with the Bears in the center of everything. It, it literally, you can't walk around a single corner in the convention center or in town and not run into somebody uh, that not only wants to talk about the Bears situation, but wants to offer <laughs> their suggestions on what they would do. And so um, you're in this mode now where, where Ryan Poles understands that pressure he understands the demands that are facing him in the weeks ahead and to his credit he seems very very calm confident and in control of things and so um you know we all kind of sit back and wait to see when moves are made but it sure seems like there is momentum moving in the direction of trying to find a suitor for justin fields and then continuing on in this quarterback vetting process to figure out who it is that that is going to be your top choice at that position i think we all agree and saw some of the same clues dan i'm curious what you think in terms of, of a comparison to Ryan Poles this year in talking about and weighing the options with the number one overall pick and maybe his command of everything 
versus the way he was a year ago at this time? You know, I, I don't think the command is any different. I just think his mindset is a little bit different. I think, you know, a year ago there was incentive to, um, you know, see things through with Justin to give him another chance to go through a second season to allow him to prove himself. And then they did that and they got inconsistent results. And I think it just solidified in their mindset that they can settle for being fine or they can dare to be great. And they're choosing for the latter. Now they haven't rubber stamped anything yet or made moves that, that, you know, will calm the city down as you guys are aware of every morning with what the emotions are on this decision. But I think Ryan just has a firm grasp of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. And it's guiding him in a way that I think sets a direction for the people that are around him as well. And that's, that's really valuable for an organization. You know, we were talking about what it means to say you want to do right by Justin Fields. So if you do trade him, that seemingly would indicate that you want to trade him to a place where he'd be a starter, right? A place where they're, they're down a quarterback. Now that would coincide with getting the best deal you could get for the guy. And that's a nice little uh, side element to it. But while doing him a large, you're also doing yourself a huge favor. Right. And there's a timeline element to this, too, that in an ideal world and Ryan's very understanding that you're not in full control of this. Like you have other people um, that you're doing some negotiating with that may have different timelines in mind than you have in mind. But, you know, I think Ryan has such a profound respect for Justin that he would love to get him some clarity sooner rather than later. One of the things that was notable to me when when Justin made the appearance on the St. Brown Brothers podcast was kind of that feeling that he had of like, I don't know what I'm preparing for next season. And I like to use this part of the year to prepare. And I don't know who I'm playing with, who I'm playing for, what my offense looks like. And so there's that element to that. Um, but look, like there's, there's so many different balls that Ryan Poles is juggling right now. And, and one of them is, is also simultaneously trying to figure out this quarterback draft class and, and the landscape there. And this is such an important week in that regard to, to start to get in front of these guys uh, in meetings and, and feel out who you're, you know, gravitating towards and, and who seems to be the most sensible choice. Caleb Williams, from a talent perspective, there's no disagreement here in Indianapolis that he's the, the, the top quarterback in this draft by a significant distance. Well, now there's, you know, some other things that you have to dig out in terms of his DNA, his wiring, and, and the things that you're going to ask him to take on as the, you know, face and voice of the franchise in Chicago. I don't think that surprises me, Dan, but I do think that when you have somebody who has been in that position, the consensus number one overall pick for as long as Caleb Williams has been. Sometimes you expect in situations like the NFL Combine, settings like that to have somebody poke holes in whatever the consensus is. And I just wonder if you have heard much of that. Well, he can't do this or he's not going to do that. And if there are red flags to be found, where where does where's the origin of that? And have you heard any of that this week in Indy? From a playing standpoint or just overall? Overall as a prospect. Yeah, okay. So, you know, from a playing standpoint, the concerns that people have about him are minimal. You know, it's stuff that you can correct, you can improve, you can smooth out, and you just bet on the gifts. And the gifts are remarkable. You know, and there's a lot of things he can do that, that say, yeah, this is a guy that's going to put you in the playoffs, you know, five, five years out of seven. Now, the background stuff is where the chatter is really mushrooming up this week. You know, you have – a dad who's unique. You've got a player here who doesn't have NFLPA certified representation and a dad who is, you know, described in league circles as heavily involved and, and calculated in some ways controlling. And so you've got to figure out, as I've said a, a few times throughout this process, who's in his ear and who's tugging on his arm. You know, it's who's giving him advice and who's trying to push him in directions 
that may change things for your football team. So you've got to figure this out because you're bringing them in, if you're the Bears, to a major market where there's going to be a ton of off-the-field opportunity, marketing chances, things that he can do to, to build himself outside of football while also having to digest the demands of playing quarterback at even a middle-tier level in the NFL. And it's, it's a, a really, really hard thing to balance. And so I think there is some concern in the league of, okay, how do we talk to Caleb and, and understand what his motivations are and how he will successfully compartmentalize and how he'll, he will handle being a 22-year-old in a world that throws a lot of demands at you, you know, and, and so you're going to have to gauge uh, not only where he is now, but how his maturation process will go in the next three to four to five to six years. And, and you know, what's extraordinary. And, and we talked a little bit about this, Dan, is the guy reportedly made $10 million in NIL right. over the last two years. So you're bringing in, you know, this is, you're kind of bringing in a professional player. Uh, you're bringing in a guy that it's not like he's entirely reliant upon this job. So you you have to know internally what motivates him, how competitive yeah. is he, all that sort of thing. Because nowadays it's different than it was five years ago. When, when you're talking about an extraordinary amount of money, you know, we talk about this idea, Jerry Angelo used to love saying, the difference when you draft a guy is they got two things they never had, time and money. Well, I mean, yeah, he was in college. He had money. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's that much of a difference. Right. And, and, and now you've got just this new world, Molly, right? And, and these, these kids have to learn to navigate it. And Caleb's kind of one of these first new age, high level prospects that has dealt with it some in college, but then have to do it at a different level in the NFL. And one source said to me this week, like, look, there are going to be people in your, on your marketing team that are pushing you into things that they want you to do on a Tuesday. You know, you play a game on a Sunday, you go back in, on a Monday and your players, they have, hey, we've got this opportunity for you. And they're not thinking about what the football team needs for the following week to win a football game. They're thinking about this is a great opportunity. And so you've got to figure out how to put guardrails in around yourself to, to make sure that you can, you can stay on task. Because look, like, again, even playing this position at a middle tier level, as Chicago very well knows, is very, very difficult to play it at a high level and be one of these engine guys who leads championship drives year after year, you have to have a lot of stuff in place. Um, and then the other part of it, guys, is just the emotional maturity. And, you know, obviously the, the most high-profile example last year is, you know, crying in the arms of his mom after a 10-point loss and then saying in that post-game press conference that he wanted to go home and cuddle with his dog. You know, there's people in the league that say, look, like, that's all fine and good, but, like, you're going to be walking in to a locker room with grown men who are expecting you to be – you know, ready to go on Monday, the day after a loss and, and, and resetting and being that guy that if we've lost two or three in a row, you've got to be the battery pack that everybody plugs into. And not a lot of people are, are plugging their <laughs> chargers into a guy who's cuddling with his dog, you know, so you've got to develop some of that outward toughness and you don't have to change who you are as a person, but you know what I mean? Your, your skin's got to get thicker and you've got to, you got to kind of set your jaw and be that guy that people look to and go, okay, we're good. And that's something that people are still trying to feel out a little bit. Dan, I want to get your reaction to a story that just was posted about 10 minutes ago on ESPN.com from Pete Thamel, well-respected writer, longtime college football guy. Yeah. He writes this, and this is a lead. Former USC quarterback Caleb Williams deeply admires Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, loves deep dish pizza, and told ESPN <laughs> he would be, quote, excited if the Chicago Bears take him number one overall in the 2024 NFL draft. Quote, if I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. 
If they trade the pick and I get drafted by someone else, I'm just as excited. Speaking about Chicago, they have a talented team, a talented offense and defense. For anyone to be in that situation, I think they'd be excited. Look, like that, that that's positive to hear, right? And Caleb's scheduled on Friday morning here to, to meet the, the huge horde of media for about 15 minutes at the convention center. And there's going to be a, a large contingent of people from Chicago asking some follow-up questions, you know, about what he knows about the Bears, how attracted he'd be to the opportunity they have, how his meetings have gone so far with the people that he has met with. You know, one of the things that, that you know, the Bears have to do a little bit is sell themselves in terms of the vision of developing him. They made a big hire, you know, a month ago in bringing Shane Waldron in. What does that mean to Caleb Williams? So you want to just start to, to get those early stage feeling out of, of where his mind is at. The Bears are first in line. They've got the, the right of first refusal or the right to, to pluck him up and make him their guy for the next four or five years. And so um, finding out how that, that connection is forming right now is critical. Pete's been very connected with Caleb uh, since he got into college. And so obviously that's a, a really good get for him to get him before he speaks on Friday. And um, nothing in there surprises me, but there's certainly some, some room for follow-up. It confirms what Ryan Poles told us that there isn't going to be, yeah. he's, he's of no worry about whether the kid wants to be here or not. It does do it that. It does. It does accomplish that. It, exactly it, right, Molly. It makes him sound like he knows what he's talking about yep. when he said there was no issue. Yep. It. Yeah. It, well, if you guys are looking to learn more about Caleb Williams, they got something dropping tomorrow morning that'll have a, a lot of different layers to it. Um, and and there, there's, you know, there's some good stuff here. It's again, like fascinating time to be following the bears and a fascinating decision that they have ahead of them. And, you know, look like you can't forget the stakes of this. You know, that 2017 draft is such a, a reflective point of reminding everyone that, like, careers are on the line. The direction of your franchise for a decade or longer is on the line. And so this making this decision, um, not only making it, but making it with good processes and, and an ability to, to get your arms around it is paramount to, to putting your team in the best possible position for success. Boomer Esiason said yesterday that if you don't draft this kid, you should be fired. Of Ryan Pulse. And, and, and look, I, and I'm not saying there's any credibility to him saying that, whatever. But the reality is that this is the presumptive first overall pick. Um, you, are, you start talking about floors and ceilings and whether yeah, – have, yeah. have you seen the best one guy can be? You restart the clock. I mean, the, the easiest path is to do what everybody says you should do which is take the number one player in a draft. And I, and I don't know that I would fire anyone or get that heated up about it, but it just seems like as much as we torment ourselves about all this and worry about all these different things, there is a, there is a very straightforward It's path. pretty clear cut. That's it. Yeah. Molly, Molly, I was having small talk in the hallway yesterday with a general manager and I said, if you, if you figure out what the Bears are doing, just you know, give me a holler because I would like to put my uh, anxiety to rest here. And he just laughed and he said, you know, what they probably should do is just take the, the obvious best player and, and move on. But obviously it's good for the NFL if uh, this drags out for another five or six weeks and, uh, you know, everybody can talk about it and TV shows can lead with it and we can have, you know, another five, six weeks of, uh, of conversation about it. But th- that seems to be the consensus is that, like, look, like this is a pretty – um, easy decision, particularly from a talent standpoint, to just roll these dice, particularly in the situation Ryan's in. And so um, we'll sit back and w- we'll wait, but I think everybody kind of is anticipating a similar thing unless something of major concern springs up here in the, in, in the rest of the process, which Ryan has been forward all along and saying, you got to be ready for that because every year something like that pops up somewhere in the draft and you just have to be 
um, agile in case it does. And just to clear things up, he does say in the same story that Pete Thamel writes on ESPN.com that just was posted, he will meet the media on Friday because he wants people to get a feel for, quote, who I am. So I think that removes some of those questions that he wanted to avoid, Dan. I think that was a, a, a bad rumor and it would have created more questions about his character. So give us a little tease, newspaper guy. What will we learn tomorrow? Who did you talk to? Not specifically, but what kinds of things were you trying to get at when you wrote the story that's going to be in tomorrow's Chicago Tribune? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, David, the, the first point is really easy. It's just, okay, why is this player described as transcendent with some of his talents? What are, what are the things that, uh, from a playmaking gift standpoint, are there and are going to lift the Bears to new levels. And then we're diving deeper on some of this character stuff and trying to figure out a lot of what teams are trying to figure out, you know, in the next six to eight weeks. Again, this is just the start of the process here at the Combine. There will be pro day stops. There will be visits. You know, you assume that Caleb and his camp will agree to a visit at Hallis Hall here uh, in the next month, and, and we'll be ready for that. And so what are they trying to figure out? And what do people that know him uh, say about those things? It's a, a really good opportunity to just to just dive deeper on what this process is for the Bears. And so, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's a lot, again, like I've told you guys a few times in the last few weeks, people are really willing to chime in on this, this topic of conversation. So it, it has, it's been really easy to stand on the pier and cast the hooks and see the fish you know, come right up to you, whereas uh, in the past with certain Bears topics, you're just trying to find anybody who cared enough to, to give you the time of day. Um, all right. So – Listen, let's get this straight. We do not negotiate in the media. I want you to know that. Did Ryan Poles break that law yesterday when he talked about (laughs) Jalen Johnson? It felt like he was kind of saying, hey, we made him a great deal, and here's the the pen, sign it up, go ahead, it's all there, and you'll get out. It's probably not what the kid wants, but I found that kind of amusing that he had no problem talking about what a good deal and the gross and the money and the whole bit. This, this won't surprise you, Molly, but I had an agent after those comments were made yesterday say, say that he was a little bit off-put by uh, the public display of pressure that Ryan was putting out there. Look, like I think Ryan's <laughs> doing his job, and I think he wants the, the world to know that, that he is trying to put a fair deal out there. But, um, you know, Galen's camp deserves a say in that. And so uh, one side saying we're really close, I, I, I said to David yesterday, it's like the, the – the, manager of the car dealership coming plopping down a, a stack of, of papers in front of you and putting the pen say just sign here and you're like well wait a second I, I want to take a few minutes to digest what you just threw down in front of me and so um, we'll see how Jalen's camp reacts to that and if they're able to to get something done before the franchise tag deadline which is uh, next Tuesday and that's uh, an important deadline. Minute left Dan what stood out about what Matt Eberflus had to say on Tuesday? Well for me the most notable thing for anyone who's still trying to figure out whether Justin Fields is going to be here was when Matt was asked about uh, his values at the quarterback position and basically said that the the separators are your ability to be successful on third down in late game situations uh, in two minute drill and have the toughness to understand when to stay in the pocket and when to get out of it. And it was like all things that described the opposite of what Justin Fields is great at, you know? And so that, that was the one thing that, that caught my ear more than anything. I also thought Matt expressed a level of confidence in his ability to, um, evaluate quarterbacks, which I think is rightfully under question <laughs> by other people. And so, so Matt's trying to set that record straight. We'll, we'll see because you do have a defensive-minded coach here trying to, to be a major contributor to a decision that, that, is, that is huge, and, and there's some questions on whether he is uh, skilled enough to do that at this point. 
Dan, thanks a ton. Congratulations again, and we'll look forward to reading your story tomorrow. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, fellas. Always enjoy it. That is our guy, Dan Weederer. He is in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Very good stuff from Dan. A very interesting story from Pete Thamel. We should get into some of the nitty-gritty because it just dropped and was posted when we began the interview with Dan. All right, we'll do that next. I was planning on asking you a big question. Oh, about, we can still ask that question. All right, I, I, I've I, got a question I, for you. Okay. Which might be, this could, this is going, I, I have a question <laughs> that is going to bring you to um, a, a certain area in your life where you're measuring one thing you love against another thing. I cannot this, wait. You are on the edge of the abyss I with can't this wait. one. Here it comes. It's Molly and Hollis. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. So we're going to get into this uh, this Caleb Williams story. But first, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. And you can, you know, the, the Bulls host the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, which means Donovan Mitchell's going to have a, a great night. He's right? going for 45. Yes. He's going to drop 45. But, but let me ask you this question. Okay. Who makes more threes in this game? Uh-huh. Is it Max Struess, your beloved friend Max Struess, who went Struess on the loose. Struess on the loose and the Struess juice knocked down a three-pointer from behind the the mid 59 court footer. Line. It was game winner. A game winning yeah. shot Beat the from Mavs. before I mean like from his own end of the court. Yes. He he would have won a contest. With that shot. Maximum distance for maximum Struess. Seven of ten on threes for the night. That's 70%. That's why he's there. And the Bulls last night lost to a really bad Detroit. How many threes did they hit? They hit two of 29. Wow. So who makes more threes tonight? Well, who I want to make more threes and who will make more threes. Same guy. Struess. He's going to have seven more tonight. Bulls are going to be six for 31. Loss. Put that Struce juice in it and knock it back. He's got so a you're carafe. cheering against the Bulls tonight. I'm not cheering against the Bulls tonight. Molly asked me what, uh, what did Who's I think was going to happen. Who's going to make more threes? Yeah. Back off. Is, is, is seven enough? Are the Bulls going to make seven threes tonight, Dustin? Yes. No. no. They are. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. 
What would make you think they're going to hit seven threes tonight? They're two of twenty nine. They're unhealthy. They don't have anybody who can hit a three. The, the guys that are White's the guys cold. that are unhealthy, David, weren't guys that were hitting three. Patrick Williams, ooh 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 ooh, is not a basketball move. Um, he's not playing. I was just asking. Uh, questions. I know the I'm guys that you. aren't playing weren't the guys that well, were Tory hitting threes. Well, Craig can hit a three, buddy. I don't know what, what you're watching. Let me tell you something. Tory Craig's injured. Yeah, he's been he's been uh, lost. Zach for injured. A ooh, weeks. ooh 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 ooh. Yeah, leave the cornerstone alone. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, but it's I, a good do, question. Well, you don't want to know what the Bulls are? Lost. Due. They are due as well. You know? Max Struess like plays very well against... They're the Washington General is the three-point shooters. But Max Struess does play very well against a hometown team that left him high and dry and neglected to sign him in this most Despite recent offseason. Despite your pushing. Despite me pushing. You did. You pushed him To the point hard. of annoyance to you, apparently. So well, I, I, listen, I get it. I'm, it was, it's more of a joke. I get it. Because you love the guy. You loved him. I like the story. The Paul, like the family. You loved him. When, really it, good story. You loved him at Lewis. Yes. Well, no, I didn't really know before him at Lewis. The, no? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. But you know the family, and you, you but I'll, value I'll go, the guy. Bulls lose tonight. Struce okay. has seven. Bulls are six for 31. Donovan Mitchell has 45. Donovan Mitchell is 45. Okay. I'm going out on a few few limbs there. He's pretty good. So the Cavs are a five-point favorite. Okay. I looked to see if I could find a prop. There aren't any props listed yet at Circus Sports Illinois, but I did see that they're a five-point favorite tonight at the, the UC. That's a good prop. It's a good prop. Good Who bet. makes more threes, the, the half-court guy or the team that just went to his name is Max Struess. Don't forget it. Yeah I, yeah, I have a carafe. Another guy pretty good. We need to get to the Caleb Williams okay, story. Okay, I'm sorry. Because I'm sorry. We had to I, get we're talking that to Chelly, and we have a lot to talk to Chelly about, and I want people to know what happened this morning. Pete Thamel for ESPN.com, mm. who has a relationship with Caleb Williams, clearly wrote what I believe could be the most significant story about Caleb Williams – in this pre-Jeff process. Because what it does is it answers some questions that have been nagging people, nagging us, about whether or not he's going to talk Friday. Yes. Whether or not he would play in Chicago. Definitely. What kind of young man is he? The kind of young man that recognizes the city he's going to and praise Walter Payton and Michael Jordan in an interview about whether or not he would yes. like to play in Chicago. Yes. Savvy, intelligent, strategic, possibly. Molly, this is a very interesting story. A lot of good details about a young man that I think Chicago, once we get past this initial phase, this awkward phase, out of the gray, if you will, people are going to love Caleb Williams. I really think that. Is that crazy to think that? I think um, if Caleb Williams He's good. is drafted and can play, then they're going to love him. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. And they're going to see the difference that he will make. And I, I think that... It's a, it's a very exciting time. I love what he said here because he basically said that um, that he's not pushing any kind of agenda. In other words, he's not demanding that he be traded to anywhere in particular. He said that the Bears have the last say, regardless of how I feel. He, he feels nothing but excitement. That He said he's spent his whole life, you know, since he was 10 years old, dreaming of this kind of a moment. And that's all he wants to experience. So God bless him. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's important that he talks. I'm glad that this rumor isn't true, that, that he, you know, the rumor was he's not going to speak during his whatever, 15 minutes of, right. of media horde on Friday. He will speak, and that's good. We'll get to hear him. And we, 
But, you know, frankly, this interview gives you the basis upon which all of this is going I on. I think that's true. And, you know, Rich Mo's texting in, come on, Peyton Jordan sounds more like something his dad would tell him to say. What do you want? Yeah, I, I mean. You know, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Come on. You, appreciate the interview for what it is. It is, is somewhat revealing, and he was respectful. Quote, it's appealing to be in a city like that, talking about Chicago. With legends that you've looked up to, reach for the standard they set and try to do something, try to do anything to get there. And then he talked about going uh, on vacation. Went to Tokyo on vacation. Interesting choice. Now he's working out down in Florida. You know one of the quarterbacks he's working out with? Nate Peterman. Is that true? Yeah. Nate Peterman is working out with a quarterback trainer, Will Hewlett, who trains Brock Purdy and others. And among the quarterbacks listed, Nate Peterman was one of them and just said he's working on uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Including maybe the Hail Mary throw. I th- I th- you know, here we got a text. Caleb's lying. What are you talking about? How would you say the that? The guy said everything why, you want to hear from him. Why would they why, say? Why would you call that a lie? He's, he's going <laughs> on the record yes. with a respected journalist yes. on a platform that is as large as it gets in our industry, and yet somebody has the temerity to suggest he's lying. Why did it take so long? Well, what do you mean? Why, why does that matter? So what do you mean? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why, why couldn't he? He could have said this. He could have said this eight weeks ago. Maybe he did. Maybe he said it to them eight weeks ago. That's why Ryan Poles told us it wasn't an issue at all. So how do you know he? How didn't is this say a it? negative? I, I, it's, it's a negative because Dustin doesn't like no, the I fact. Ne- no, I never said. You guys said Tokyo. I said it was a negative. You I don't asked like the question. Wagyu beef. Why? Let's be honest. Why didn't he say this Thinks weeks or months overpriced. ago? Um, because, because everybody's I, I, saying that he said this, he said that. Now all of a sudden, he, no, no, he, no, he's, no. he's sweating a little his bit. Father, he's his sweating father, a little. I don't think he's sweating I at all. He's sweating. I, I, he's I think, you're, sweating I think you're reading into it. Look, the the deadline for declaring for the NFL draft was January 15th. Nothing that he would say before that was appropriate to address. And between January 15th and February 28th, there's been probably a ton of speculation. And as the story points out, he went on vacation. He's been working out. This is the appropriate venue to address such questions. So, of course, he's going to address it. I don't think the timing of it is suspicious at all. He, he's 22 years old. I mean, can you imagine, like, if I was 22, and I have been 22 in my life, had I a $10 million bankroll, I wouldn't have just gone to Tokyo. You'd still be looking for me. I would, I would disappear. If I, were, if I had $10 million and I was right out of college, I wouldn't be planning my NFL career. I would just I would go missing. <laughs> that's that's pretty depressing. How is that depressing? It sounds phenomenal to be missing. No, I, I just mean like fun. okay. I would You'd I would like in his in a in a cloud of fun. Oh my god! No, okay. I would. I what I would do probably. I've thought about this. I'd probably end up at some like you know, I don't know. Central American port city, and I would get on like a cruise ship under a different identity, and then just kind of work my way around the world, and then I'd have my ten million whenever I wanted to stop. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's it's a great plan. Totally off off the radar. No one could follow you. Yeah, I love, I, I love that he went to Tokyo. I, I think, think it's very, awesome. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, did he get it, shoved into a subway? Uh, I don't know if he did or not with the squeegee, with the human don't squeegee. They, don't they, they have the human you? squeegees. Yes. yes. You've been there. Yes, I have. And those are intimidating. And did that happen to you? It not happened to me, but I saw it happening. 
And it was a little intimidating, to be honest. I mean, just out of curiosity, if if something like that happens, do you just grab it, whatever wallet you can get to? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking for cell phones. Cell phones. I'm, I'm graduate. I'm grabbing whatever cell phone is in the pile. Oh. I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, moved by a human squeegee, but I did make sure that I avoided large crowds if possible. I was at the train station. Yes, but it's super cool. It is pretty cool, and. You know, I think it's also like super safe, right? You didn't get mugged or anything. I did not get mugged. I found I found Japan to be a very safe environment to yeah. visit. It, you didn't worry about such things. You I went was, there to see uh, the home Sada, run. Sadahara O. Sadahara O. Spent some time with Sadahara O. It was a very enlightening experience. Wow. And, and my biggest concern there was the language barrier. Oh, really? Yes. I don't speak Japanese. What? I don't. I know that you're shocked by that. I am. You thought that all 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 of Hoosiers are very thought, worldly and speak seven different no, languages. I just thought you were like a big fan of sticks. <laughs> I'm a big fan of tea. <laughs> I did have a nice tea. So when I finally got to Sadahara, oh, we, we had a nice tea together did in, you his, really? in his dugout. And does he have office? Could he speak English or did yes. you have a translator? He was. I, I did have a translator. I came prepared, wow. but he did speak a very good brand of English. Wow. And, well, I mean, he fooled me, which wasn't that hard. But I think he was very easy to communicate with. The real home run king, Sadahara O. Yeah. If somebody somebody texted, if he comes to Chicago, he can vacation in Wisconsin. (laughs) Well, he's going to own the Packers. Uh, Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's going to own the Packers. I love it. You uh, You know what we should do? We should uh, we should ask Chris Chelios what it means to play in Chicago. Chris Good. Chelios was bleeding um, the Chicago flag in that glorious yes. speech that he gave, and I wonder if he thinks Caleb Williams will fall in love with the city. I got too. a couple other good questions for Chris Chelios. Yeah. Looking we'll forward to, to this. We'll talk to Chris next. It's Molly and Haw's Chicago Sports Radio six seven of the score. <laughs> As a kid growing up in Chicago, I didn't have any expectations of becoming a professional hockey player. It just wasn't the thing back then. There's only, I believe, six or seven NHL players from the States. And uh, I played it because I loved it. You know, that's all it was. I just loved skating, uh, never thought about anything, didn't even know the path it took. But once I found out that it might be a reality later in my years, I was all in. I threw everything I had and I, I worked as hard as I could. So many breaks, so much luck. And the faith, whatever you want to call it, I ended up here today, and it's amazing. I can't, still can't believe I'm making this speech, quite honestly. <laughs> it's crazy. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline is Chris Chelios, CircaLasVegas.com. Chris, it was a magnificent speech. Congratulations to you. And I think anybody that heard it knows that uh, that you have uh, you have love for Chicago in your heart, and it was extraordinary the way you expressed it. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, thank you. Like I guess it, it was a lot easier when I got up there than the, the last four months thinking about what I was going to say. But at the end of the day, you know, it made it easy because it was you know for my love of Chicago, and you know, it, it's just. Too, you know, what a weekend! What a night! Uh, that you know, the Wirtz family. I, 
uh, thank them forever for what they did for me and my family and, and made that possible. It was incredible. What a great day. Yeah, memorable, definitely, Chelly. We had a great party for you at Kaiser Tiger. Bet MGM pulled out all the stops. It was tremendous. A lot of Chris Chelios fans there, a lot of Blackhawk fans there. I got to ask you, though, about your speech. Number one, how much help did you get? And secondly, you left us kind of hanging. We all left wondering, what's next with Kaylee? Did she have her baby yet? Because that was concerned there. You said that she might be the first woman ever to have a, a baby at the United Center. What happened? Yeah, we were, yeah, we were going to play a joke when she was on stage with Eddie, that water balloon breaking thing on the stage, but we said that's probably not in good taste. But uh, she had the baby yesterday about 2 o'clock, 9.5 pounds, Sophia Vitali. Oh, oh, everybody's fantastic. good. Congratulations, yeah. Grandpa. That's, That's great. great. Thank you. Yeah, that was icing on the cake for the for the weekend. You know, Kaylee holding on as long as she did past her due date and then just delivering yesterday. So, yeah, it was great. Um, you know, the Bears are at Indy, and, and I know that this doesn't uh... – this doesn't matter as much as uh, as we think, but maybe they're trading Justin Fields. Maybe they're drafting Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams came out this morning and spoke, talked about admiring Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, talked about he would be excited. Uh, he likes deep dish pizza. He'd be excited if the Bears took him number one. And it was good to hear because they've got the pick and maybe they do it. What would you tell him? about playing uh, as a professional in Chicago. Obviously a lot different for you because you're from here, but my God, you know, the number of celebrities and sports stars and, and Cindy Crawford nearly stole the show. Never mind Kaner. Um, It's just, you just knew everyone and had a great time here. I'm curious what advice you would give to a guy like Caleb Williams. Should he be drafted number one overall? I mean, hockey, like I said, I was fortunate enough to play for the you know three original six teams, and obviously Chicago, my favorite, being my hometown. But this city has everything in the, in the world to offer. Um, you get the attention. The fans, if you just go out and work hard and show your respect for the city and the fans, they're going to love you. So I, I'm, I'm not real familiar with his style of play. I know he's going to you know, be number one pick or, or right there unless they trade down someone. But, you know, the Bears, I'm telling you, regardless of the, what goes on, they're st- in my eyes, they're still the number one team in Chicago uh, as far as fan base. And, you know, it's just it, – it's a special place. It's a great sports town. There's no better sports town than Chicago. And it's the people that make it. So he'll be welcome with open arms. I've got nothing bad to say, bad to say about Justin Fields uh, up to this point. I don't think he gets it. He's just a real gifted, you know, athlete. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I, at first I was worried that he, he said he wasn't going to come, Caleb. But that's good news to hear that he's, you know, he's looking forward to it. So that's great. So, Chris, the Blackhawks still know how to throw a party, and you certainly know how to plan one. Did anybody show up that surprised you? Did you have any encounters that you didn't expect? How? Uh, what will you remember most about the weekend? You know what? Uh, I got everybody from kindergarten to, you know, Evergreen by like the eighth grade, my Mount Carmel team, my 101st street, you know, families I grew up with. Uh, so no, I don't think there was one person that missed it. You know, with it was everywhere. I looked in the atrium after, you know, I was on the microphone telling which category of people to meet me in which corner of the atrium. So it couldn't have played out any better. And, and it was, 
You know, my friends have been calling me. I've got 300 texts. I'll never catch up. It was one of the best things they've ever witnessed from, you know, Kaner, what he, what he did, right. Cindy Crawford, like who would have thought she's going to nail that shot. She just <laughs> never hit, you know, it was just, it was perfect. And I mean, I wish the Hawks would have won, but the way it played out, you know, it was an unbelievable you know, weekend. Yeah, and you know, I, I as David said, um, you know, they really put on a good show, and you did a phenomenal job. And just being it, watching it, it flowed together perfectly from your speech, and then you go to you know Kaner's moment, and then you go to Cindy Crawford <laughs> nailing that shot, and then the end of it, even with Kaner scoring a goal, he gets a standing ovation at the end of the game. So. I think anyone that was there had like the time of their life. Yeah. Like playoff type atmosphere mm-hmm. right from the get go. Um, and you could see it even in the atrium before the game when Pat Foley was interviewing Gary Suter, Jeremy Roenick, and it was a throwback to the nineties and then add the new generation. And it was amazing. So, yeah, I, the only thing I kind of regret was I had a story about my Cadillac and, the, the, the stories behind the Cadillacs in our family. It was my mom and dad's favorite car, but the first or the second card stuck to the first cue card, so I totally missed it. So, but anyway, that was the only hiccup. Yeah. So. But it was, you were honest about it. You said, this is the wrong page, and then you kept, you moved on. So you kind of recovered yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, real quick. This, this, the Cadillac stories. I bought that Cadillac off of Brett Hull 23 years ago. And when I was seven, my dad bought a 68 Cadillac. And that Cadillac went from here to Australia and back. And the last day, me and my mom were driving that Cadillac to Crestwood Ice Arena. The engine blew, and that was the last we ever saw of it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. That, that was class coming out in that car, man. That looked great. Um, when, when you, you know, what was extraordinary for just watching on TV is they'd have a shot, and you'd be like, is that Mark Messier? Like, there were people, you know, Gretzky's there. John McEnroe. I didn't know you knew uh, McEnroe. Theo. He, he was Theo Epstein. It was pretty extraordinary to the number of people that came out. Rodman. For Rodman's showing up. That Rodman, was huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just a mixture of people. But, I, like, to watch them interact together, you know, they had three suites next to each other, and everybody's talking about, you know, get some security, get this – they, they were all together at one point out in the corridors and having the times. Of, and that, for me, was the highlight of the week or weekend, I should say, is seeing everybody having such a great time. People who never met, like, you know, my friends are the same. They don't care who you are, or, you know, what you do or how famous you are. They just gelled together so like, perfectly. It was, there's, like I said, it was, it was incredible. Great stuff, Chris. Great, Chris. Thank you, buddy. Great, uh, great watching it. Congratulations on everything, and and uh, and the grandfather again. That's great. Congratulations, news. To you and Kaylee and, and Dan and yeah. everybody. Thank you, guys. Take care. That is Chris Chelios. What a class act. Great what a guy. class act. Yeah. And the good no news: Kaylee Chelios gave birth on Tuesday. Yeah. To a baby daughter. It's awesome. Sophia. That's what he said. Yeah, that's terrific news. It is great news. Congratulations. You know. Any baby is a miracle, for God's sake. It's just outstanding stuff. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.